But it wasn't doctrine that persuaded him. It was his story. Do you understand no one can argue with your story? Do, do you realize you, 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 you might be able to argue with me on all sorts of points of theology. You can't argue with my story. All right, we are in a series called The Gifts of Jesus, based out of Ephesians 4. Many, many times these gifts are uh, kind of lumped in with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but these are not gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let me just state again, emphatically, we believe in all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the work and the person of the Holy Spirit, but the gifts in Ephesians 4 are the gifts of Jesus, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And I was praying about this, and I want to say something because you might say, well, Pastor Robert, I, you know, the reason I've never really studied about this is because, I, you know, I, I'm not one of these. Uh, these gifts really don't concern me. I, I'm not an apostle or an evangelist. You know, I'm not a Billy Graham, I'm not, I'm not a, a pastor, I'm not paid full-time to teach, although I do some teaching in a small group or whatever. And so really, these, and, and the Bible even says some, he just gave some these gifts. And so these gifts really don't concern me. Here's the problem with that. Um, he gave these gifts, it says, to mankind to humanity. In other words, it's, he didn't give the, these gifts to apostles. The, the gifts, apostles themselves are the gifts. And he gave them to us. So you need to know these gifts concern you because when Jesus ascended, he only gave five and he gave these for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So he gave Jesus himself, we're gonna see those words, Jesus himself gave these gifts to you and me. So it's pretty important to figure out, you know, maybe read the owner's manual, like if you get a gift at Christmas and you try to put it together yourself and you got a whole box of parts left over, okay, so it'd be pretty important to figure out why did Jesus give me an apostle? Why did he give me prophets? Why did he give me evangelists, pastors, teachers, okay? So this week we're on evangelists. That's the third one. If you missed one, we, last week was prophets, the week before apostles. If you missed one, please go back and listen. And here's the reason, not because I shared it, but because it's God's word and what you need right now might have been spoken in the one that you missed. There, there, could, there could be warfare against you, and when I say there could be, you understand that's a joke. You do have an enemy, you realize that, right? And so what you're going through could be the week that Satan said, don't go this week or don't tune in because you're too busy. And you, you miss that word from God. You need to go listen to the ones you didn't hear because there could be something there that you really need right now, all right? So Ephesians 4, 
verses 11 and 12, and he himself, speaking of Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So here's our first point. What is an evangelist? I mean, this is a gift. What is an evangelist? We think of probably Billy Graham would be the first name we come to. And Billy Graham was one of the greatest evangelists ever. But what does an evangelist do? Where did the word, uh, from where did the word come? You know, things like that. So an evangelist is a person who delivers the good news or who announces the good news. Uh, uh, A gospel is the person, it's referring to the messenger who carries the good news. But an evangelist is a person who delivers the good news. Now, please hear me, please hear me. (laughs) All of you who've met Christ carry the good news. In other words, you now know the good news. The problem is getting you to announce it to someone. That was really good. (laughs) In other words, don't be like the postal worker who carries the letters with him or her all day and never delivers them. And a whole bunch of Christians are that way. You have a message from God that God sent his son to die for people that they don't have to work their way to heaven and you've carried it with you and you're not announcing it to anyone. Gosh, this is good. I don't know. I'm just telling you, so, so many Christians carry the good news and never deliver it, never announce it to anyone. Um, um, Years ago, there was a young lady cutting my hair, and there's a lady that has cut my hair for over 30 years, and she couldn't do it with her schedule, and so she had this young lady do it, and it was January 31st. The reason I remember that is because for some reason, at the first of the new year, I don't really make resolutions, but I ask the Lord for uh, goals for that year. And so one of the goals I set was to actually lead someone to Christ once a month, 12 people to the Lord that year. And so it was July 31st, and I was thinking, well, I'm probably not gonna make this goal, but if if I normally lead three to the Lord a year, I mean, personally, not through the pulpit, but just personally, maybe I'll lead six and that'll be better than three, you know? So I'll just, that's my goal, but it's, it's January 31st, and so I probably won't, you know, make this one. So anyway, I, uh, I went to get my hair cut, and it wasn't the lady that normally does it, and it was a young lady, and uh, about halfway through the haircut, she said, uh, you're a pastor, aren't you? And I said, yeah, yes, I am. And she said, well, you're gonna be really proud of me then, for one of my New Year's resolutions. And I said, so what, what was, what's your New Year's resolution? She said, I made a New Year's resolution to go to church every week, and I've been every week since January 1st. And I said, oh, I'm very, very proud of you. That's great. 
And then I did what I'm about to share with you because an evangelist equips people to be able to deliver the message. And so, um, and I, I function in multiple probably of these gifts as a, as a pastor of the church. And so I, I may explain that in one of the other, probably under pastor. Um, but the point is, I, I, I'm trying to equip you today to deliver the message. And so what I did was I just started with my story, which is what you always start with. It's what Paul started with as well. And so I just said to her, I said, that is so wonderful. I'm so proud of you. I said, do you know I went to church many years before I actually got saved? And she said, you know, I've heard that expression, getting saved, but I don't understand it. And so I shared it with her. Well, by the end of the haircut, she accepted Christ. So she gave her life to the Lord. But all I did was deliver the message. Are you following me? So apostles equip us to be sent with the message. Prophets equip us to deliver a message of encouragement. And evangelists deliver us to, equip, to, to deliver the message of, of Christ and what he did on the cross. So, so it is a message. So number one is what is evangelist. Here's number two, what is my message? And um, I, I'm going to tell you what your specific message is. And the gospel itself, according to 1 Corinthians 15, is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. But there's a pre prelude to the, to the gospel, okay? And it is your message. So let me tell you what your message is, all right? It is simply your story. That, that's all it is. It's that simple. What, what is my message? It's your story. Now, here's what the devil tells everyone. So don't think you're alone in this. The devil tells everyone you don't have a good story. Uh, you know, um, the devil told Debbie that for years. I was saved at 19, delivered from drugs. She was saved at nine, delivered from bubble gum, you know? Um, and she served the Lord ever since. Okay, can I tell you something? Being saved at nine and serving God ever since is a great story. It's a great story. There's nothing, that's a, that's a wonderful story. So you have a story. Now, there's a word in Christianity that gets us all mixed up and scares us when we hear this word. It's called, it's the word witnessing. But I wanna take the fear out of it, all right? So uh, witnessing is not something you do a witness is someone you are. Jesus said, you shall be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. By the way, we're talking about the gifts of Jesus and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is gonna be really, really good. So, okay, this, this is, as the young folks say, tweetable. Um, <laughs> the gifts of Jesus equip us and the gifts of the Holy Spirit empower us. I told you it was good. You just have to think about it for a while. The gifts of Jesus equip us, but the gifts of the Holy Spirit empower us to do it, okay? So we're empowered to witness, 
by the, by the Holy Spirit. But you are a witness. The question is, do you do it? Do you deliver the message? Do you tell anyone? So let me tell you what a witness is. A witness is someone who has personally seen and heard something. You say, well, a witness is someone who tells what he's seen and heard. No, because some witnesses take the fifth. Some Christians take the fifth. And I'm, 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 I'm asking you not to do that anymore. J- just tell your story. And, and a lot of times people say, well, I don't, I, I don't know how to work my story in. It is it's the most simple thing in the world. You, they will ask you about your story. I promise. If you just do one thing, it's simple. Ask them their story first. And then just out of politeness, they will say, so what's your story? <laughs> See? Just because they feel like, oh, I've been talking all and all about me. Tell me something about you. Well, since you asked. It's simple. So, so a witness is someone who tells what he personally or she personally has seen and heard. Let, let me just show you this. This will blow you away. The shepherds were witnesses. Luke, uh, Luke 2.20, then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. The disciples of John the Baptist were witnesses. Then Jesus answered, said to them, go and tell John the things you have seen and heard. The disciples of Jesus were witnesses. In Acts chapter four, they told him, stop talking about Jesus. And in verse 20, they said, we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Paul, the greatest apostle who ever lived. This is eight years before his death, 25 years after becoming a believer, standing before a crowd at Jerusalem Acts 22, 15, for you will be his, he's telling us about what Ananias said to him, for you will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. And then five years before he dies, he's before Felix, um, and he says, and Agrippa, and and again, he shares his testimony. You're talking about a guy that that was called up to the third heaven, And he said in here, some of the things that I've seen, I can't tell you because they're too weighty for you. We can't even understand some of the things he did tell us. And there are some things that he couldn't tell us because they were too weighty for us. And yet, when he's standing in front of unbelievers, he goes back to, see, I was riding this horse and this bright light show. He always went back to his story. And Agrippa says, you know, you, you're almost persuading me to become a Christian. But it wasn't doctrine that persuaded him. It was his story. Do you understand no one can argue with your story? Do, do you realize you, 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 you might be able to argue with me on all sorts of points of theology. You can't argue with my story. I was thinking about this the other day. You, you go to the police department where I grew up, there's a record of my story, okay? <laughs> So you, you can't, actually there's not. I found out it was all juvenile and it went off at the age of 18. So I'm, <clears throat> I'm grateful for that. All right, so. But it's, it's your story. 
No one can argue with it, all right? Listen to this, 60 years, 60 years after the resurrection, John was the only living disciple left and the Gnostics were arguing, saying they had other revelation and that the revelation that the disciples had wasn't true and that's the reason he wrote 1 John to the church at Ephesus and here's what he said, 1 John 1 and 3. Watch for these words, seen and heard. 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we've looked upon, our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you. All you have to do is tell your story. If you were standing on a street corner and you saw a car wreck and you were called to court to be a witness, you would not have to go to traffic school. <laughs> you wouldn't have to go to automotive school so you could talk about brakes. They just want to know what did you see and that's all they want to know. That's what a witness is. And by the way, if you share something that you personally did not see and you personally did not hear, it's called hearsay and it's inadmissible evidence. And there are a whole bunch of Christians talking about a bunch of stuff and the one thing that they cannot dismiss, inadmissible, that they cannot dismiss is your testimony because it happened to you. And, and you're not trying to shove religion down their throat. You need to understand that. We, we have a natural gag reflex. When someone tries to shove something down our throat, we naturally gag. And yes, I said the word gag in church. In the Greek, it's gagos. It's no Greek word. You don't have to even talk about religion it's just your story. That's all you're doing is you're just telling your story. Here's number three. Stick to your story. You don't have to know where the dinosaurs went. You don't know, need to know how old the earth is. Don't argue about religion. Religion, listen to me carefully, okay? Religion is a systemized set of beliefs about God. Listen again, this is the definition. A systemized set of beliefs about God. That's why there are false religions. There are false systemized sets of beliefs about God. That's why the Bible tells us true and undefiled religion is to care for widows and orphans. In other words, true and undefiled, systemized sets of beliefs about God is to care for widows and orphans. You, you, you follow me? Okay, so there, it, it is systemized. Don't get into it. They have a whole system worked out of their belief. Do not argue about it. Stick to your story. The Holy Spirit will enable you 
the gifts of Jesus will equip you. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, evangelists equip us how to share our story, but also how then to talk about some of those questions that might come up. Um, remember I told you how that we believe in all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Well, gifts, some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit are like a word of knowledge, that you know something about someone without having ever met the person before. Um, Debbie and I were sitting in a, a restaurant one time. This couple walked in, and he was just huge, a muscle, a bodybuilder, obviously, huge. And as soon as he walked in, I knew something, just like that. And she even said, you, you got a word, don't you? I said, yeah, I do. So we prayed, Lord, let him receive it. Da, da, da. And I remember saying, Lord, give me a, a way to start the conversation, you know? Because you don't want to just walk over and say, thus saith the Lord, you know, or something. <laughs> so, so I walked over and I said, hey, I'm, I, I don't want to uh, bother y'all or, you know, disturb you or something. I said, I just, I, just, I just have a question for you. And he said, okay. I said, have you ever worked out? And, of course, he laughed, and he said, so you know what I do now? Because I talk to a lot of sometimes the guys that, are, that really have these huge, you know, bodies, and, I, uh, and I'll just, because I just like to start conversations and see where they go. But I, I, I'll say to him now, I've got a great opening line. I say, you know, if you follow my workout routine, you could have a body like this. <laughs> anyway, I said to him, I said, um, well, and they laughed, kind of broke the ice. I said, I don't want to bother you. I said, but. When you walked in, I know this sounds strange, but I feel like the Lord spoke something to me that I'm supposed to share with you. And they looked at each other like a Mack truck had hit them. They just were like, I can't believe this. And he reached over and took his wife's hand. And I said, do you mind if I share it with you? He said, would you please sit down and share it with us because we're talking about some things about this right now. And so I sat down and I said to him, I saw a vision when you walked in today. I said, I saw a vision of a little boy who was sitting in his grandmother's lap. And he put his head down like that when I said that. And I said, and his grandmother had a Bible in her lap. And she told the boy about Samson. And she said, if you'll give your life to God, he'll make you as strong as Samson. Do you know what I found out later? He was a former Mr. Universe. I said, she told you if you'll give your life to God, he'd make you as strong as Samson. And you gave your life to God right there sitting in your grandmother's lap. He looked back up at me and I said, but the Lord told me to tell you that he's kept up his end of the deal, but you haven't kept up your end of the deal. Now, you better know you hear God when you tell Mr. Universe that. <laughs> but he put his two fingers in his thumb like that. He started weeping at the table. His wife started crying. And he said to me, I was raised by my mom. She was a single mom. So my grandmother kept me a lot growing up. 
And he said, one day I was walking home, and these boys threw rocks at me, and one hit me in the head and started bleeding. He said, when I got home, my grandmother took care of me, and he said she got her Bible. And she read the story of Samson to me. She told me if I'd live for God, he'd make me as strong as Samson. And I made a commitment that day to do it. And he said, I told my wife that story for the first time on the way to the restaurant today. And I led both of them back to the Lord right there at that table. You know why we need these gifts from Jesus? Because they equip us for the work of the ministry. I am so excited about this series. I'm so excited that when Jesus ascended, here's what the Bible tells us. He gave gifts to mankind. These are gifts from Jesus. And one of those gifts is the evangelist. And we think so many times about someone like Billy Graham, and he was a great evangelist. But the, the gift of an evangelist is to equip us to also be evangelists. And it's so easy in that we simply are witnesses. We just tell people what we personally have seen and heard. So in other words, just tell people your story. So I want to challenge you. Pray about it and let the Lord lead you to someone. Maybe you meet that person this week. Maybe you already know that person. Maybe you work with that person. Maybe that person's in your neighborhood. Maybe it's a family member. But I want you simply to tell your story to someone else. You don't have to talk about theology. You don't have to talk about religion. Just simply tell someone your story of what your life was like before you met Christ how you met Christ, and the difference that Christ has made in your life. I love you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. Join us again next time because I'm going to continue this series. Jesus has given each of us gifts we can use to impact the world around us and to help build his church, the body of Christ. In Pastor Robert's enlightening series, The Gifts of Jesus, you'll learn about these five ministry gifts why the church needs each of our unique gifts to thrive, and how our gifts fit perfectly together to achieve the awesome purpose Jesus has for us. For your gift of any amount today, you'll receive this entire series on CD or as an audio digital download, along with a Palm Sunday to Easter reference guide. This beautiful fold-out guide is filled with charts, diagrams, and simple summaries about the events of Jesus' life throughout Passion Week. And for your gift of $80 or more, you can also request our brand new Passion Week devotional. In it, you'll discover more amazing truths about Passion Week that will give you great insight into the week leading up to Jesus' death on the cross and reveal how every day was marked by His passion to rescue us. Also, for your gift of $140 or more, you'll receive the Holy Land devotional journal featuring pictures and scriptural reflections from key historical sites in Israel. We'll also send the Holy Land Illustrated Bible, filled with over 1,100 images, maps, and illustrations for a visual journey through God's Word. Visit us at PastorRobert.com to get these special resources today. As always, thank you for your continuous prayers and generous financial support of Pastor Robert Morris Ministries.
we've made it even easier for you to connect with us here at the all-new PastorRobert.com. You can watch or listen to current and previous episodes of our program. Shop in our online store with enhanced security and access a free weekly devotional. We hope that these features will help you find exactly what you need to continue to grow in your relationship with the Lord. To learn more, visit us at PastorRobert.com.